0: Hey there, and welcome to Upfront, a podcast that features conversations with Connecticut-based top performers who represent the very best in their field and how they are making an impact in their industry and here at home in Connecticut. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, and welcome to Upfront. My name is Derek Beer, and I'm so glad you are all here with us. Thanks for joining And as you heard in the intro, Upfront is a monthly podcast that features Connecticut-based top performers who represent the very best in their field and how they are making a positive impact in their industry and here at home in Connecticut. But most importantly, we want to know how they achieved success to get to where they are now, what challenges they experienced along the way, the choices they've made, and much more. So with that said, our guest on the show this month is Jason Jakubowski. Jason is the CEO of FoodShare and Connecticut Food Bank, which makes it the largest nonprofit organization serving the needs of Connecticut's hungry. Jason also has more than 15 years of experience in public health, public affairs, nonprofit leadership, and community relations. He's also worked with Connecticut based companies such as Hospital for Special Care, Charter Oak State College, has been elected twice to the New Britain City Council served as city treasurer and has taught political science at central connecticut state university and he also serves as chairman of the board at leadership greater hartford and has board experience with community health resources in windsor the middlesex chamber of commerce and was on the transition team for governor malloy among other things i'm out of breath jason that's that's quite the intro it sounds
1: much more glamorous than what it really is. Believe me, much more glamorous. Okay, okay.
0: So, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, p- thanks for having me, Derek. I, I I appreciate it. Always great talking with. Uh, always great talking with you, and great talking about leadership in
0: general. That's what we're going to get into. And before I do uh, get into all of that, I do want to thank you at the outset for all of the uh, great work that you and the team at Food Share and Connecticut Food Bank are doing. Um, whether it's normal times or pandemic times, um, it's a challenge, and, and we thank you guys for all of that. Well,
1: thanks. These are definitely, it's not easy during normal times, and these are not normal times by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I appreciate those comments, and, and so does
0: everybody on my team. And And before we dive into what you're up to now, especially... With your post, the CEO of FoodShare and Connecticut Food Bank, of course, we're going to get into that story and want to hear it. Um, I'd like to go back and learn more about you as a person, because I think the habits, choices and things you've done along the way have certainly led to where you are now. And that's what this show is all about. So at, at this very moment in time, where are you? Well, uh, uh,
1: I'm, I'm physically in my office here in Wallingford in Wallingford, Connecticut, but, uh, um, in terms of where I am, uh, in, in, in life, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm still the same guy that I, that I always have been. I'm a Connecticut guy. I've lived my whole life here in Connecticut. Uh, um, born and raised in, uh, in, in New Britain. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think since in, from an early age, there's been a lot that we have uh, that, that, uh, that my family's instilled in me in terms of, you know, in terms of what my dedication needs to be to the uh, to, to the state that we live in and, and to the uh, the community that we uh, that, that we live in. So um, so I can go far as far back as you want. I can go, you know, on a, on a cold, rainy Tuesday in November in 1977. But um I think it was a rainy Tuesday in November, but no, look, I, I'm the, um, uh, I am a descendant of, 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 of immigrants, immigrants from Poland, uh, Italy and Spain. I'm very proud of that. Um, they are, uh, my grandparents were all laborers. I always remind myself I'm the, the grandson of a, of a carpenter and the grandson of a machinist. And uh, they, had, uh, they had very working class roots in the city of New Britain. My parents were high school sweethearts at New Britain High, um, and they have been, uh, they've been married uh, more than 45 years now. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. My dad was a public school teacher and uh, um, ended up becoming, he was a principal, uh, then he was the assistant superintendent, and he was, when he retired, he was the superintendent of schools in, uh, in New Britain. Uh, so he was always very community minded, and my mom uh, uh, spent 30 years as a uh, social worker at uh, New Britain General Hospital. So, I, I, I guess you know, from an early age, my brother and I always were were taught that you know you need to be looking looking outwards. You need to be figuring out you know, hey, you're a part of this society, you're a part of this community. How do you go about making this 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 world uh, uh, a little better, a little bit of a better place for for everybody? On top of it, you know, my my dad was a uh, uh, was a baseball coach, still coaches uh, at uh, at New Britain High School, and um, I think through that, I you know, you learn a lot about how you interact with people and how you lead people, um, and uh, that that's something that I think both my brother and I have have taken to heart. It is not an accident, by the way, that both my brother and I. Um, are both leaders of nonprofit organizations. I mean, I've been here at, uh, at Foodshare for, uh, Foodshare at Connecticut Food Bank. Um, I've been in this job for about four years, and my brother is the longtime uh, executive director of uh, Pathway Senderos, the Teen Pregnancy Prevention Center in New Britain. So it is, uh, like I said, it's it's not an accident that uh, both of my parents' uh, uh, sons uh, ended up in the, uh, in the
0: nonprofit sector. Would you say... Hard work or, you know, what other kind of values did your parents instill in you when you were younger that helped pay off?
1: Yeah. And I'm the grandson of, of, of immigrants. Both of my parents were born here in in the United States, but both of my parents were the first generation in either of their families to graduate from from college. And I think that when you you know, if you were to talk to 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 my grandfather uh, my grandfather Bronisław you know, a good, good Polish, good Polish guy. Grew up on Broad Street in uh, in New Britain. Um, he grew up in poverty. I mean, he grew up in, in absolute abject poverty. He would go to the to, to uh, Sacred Heart Church and, and pick over the coals in order to bring to his his uh, parents so that he could heat his apartment. Mm. Um, his life was about hard work and education. Hard work and education, and that's what he instilled in my father. And, um, I think those are, you know, those are the skills that, that, that my, my father instilled in, in my brother and I, um, part of the, you know, having, having, uh, uh you know, coming from, uh, a, a family of, of, of immigrants, I, I do think that there is that, that, uh, that, that belief that through education and through working through your community is how you make every generation better. So my great grandfather, who came over here with with literally nothing, uh, uh, my grandfather, who grew up with nothing, um, then my father, you know, gets the opportunity to go to college. Uh, I get the opportunity. My brother gets the opportunity to go to college. That um, you could see the progression over the over the generations, and I think a lot of it was this idea of of, of of hard work and expanding your knowledge base whenever and wherever you can.
0: And are you the oldest or the oldest sibling? Is your brother? I am. Yeah, my brother's uh, three years younger than me, okay. so
1: um, I, I, I I am the oldest. It's not easy being the oldest. No, I'll tell you that. no, it's a, of course I'll yeah. tell you. It's not easy being the youngest either. So <laughs> uh, that's
0: yeah. The, um, but yeah, no, I I'm the oldest. The oldest, right? All the hopes and dreams first lie within you, right? You, oh yeah, that's <laughs> no pressure or anything. No pressure or anything like that. No, uh, not, not none whatsoever. Not at all. Um, so. But you know, you mentioned sports. Uh, your your, your um, father coaching. Did you play sports when you were younger?
1: I, I did. My brother was a, was a captain of the baseball team at, at New Britain High School. I was always around. I was actually always the one helping out my father coaching, whether it was like keeping his scorebook or, or doing his stats or something like that. But what what I what I learned was I basically got a front row seat to um, to watching him and how he dealt with his players, how he dealt with his, the parents of his players, how he dealt with umpires. Mm-hmm. That was always interesting. He hasn't been tossed out of a game in a long time, but he has been, um, and how he dealt with other coaches and just competition in general. And I, I feel like I really had a, a front row seat for that for many, uh, for many, many years. Um, it's made me a better, uh, a better baseball coach. I think it's also made me a better, um, it's made me a better uh, a leader and a better uh, administrator in, in general. So it was always a big part of um, of of of, uh, of our lives.
0: Baseball. OK. And um, childhood dreams. Uh, you know, what did you want to be? I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, it didn't work out, obviously. But uh, what, what did you want to do?
1: There, there's a there's a there. My mom has has some paper or something from when I was in, in kindergarten. I wanted to be an ice cream man. Apparently, at, at <laughs> one point in time, I wanted to drive a little ice cream truck. Um But no, you know, I, I I think there was a time, you know, growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. My grandparents always said, oh, you're going to be a judge or you're going to be a lawyer. Um, I think I always wanted to, to go into to, to politics. I did go into politics. 21, I got elected to the city council. So I spent, I spent six years in, um, in elected office. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Uh, but if you had asked me like growing up, it would, people would have said, oh, oh, he'll, he'll be a lawyer. He'll be mayor of his, his town or something like that. Um, and that didn't happen. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing how things uh, how how things uh, uh, change
0: and just just via circumstance how things change. Sure, absolutely. And and where did you go to college? Did you stay here in Connecticut, UConn, right? Absolutely. Both of my degrees are
1: from UConn. I'm a proud UConn grad. Uh, they, they if they cut me open, I'll be bleeding uh, blue and white. I am uh, um, a big big fan of the uh, of the huskies i have a bachelor's degree in political science and my master's degree in public affairs from uh, from yukon uh, it's a great place that's where i met my wife at yukon so um, didn't just help me professionally but personally as 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 well and we're both from big yukon families our you know parents all of our siblings cousins i mean the you know we we're yeah we're we're
0: pretty we're pretty yukon centric so there's a lot of husky pride in Connecticut. I I also believe blue, but it's the Blue Devils from uh, Central Connecticut State University. Oh, okay, so. all
1: right. I, I thought you were going to say Duke there for a second, and then th- that was going to be the end. <laughs> the, end of the, be the end of the conversation. The interview. I was I was gonna I was gonna walk out because I, I yeah no Duke, Duke wouldn't wouldn't have rolled, but um, Central's a great place. I've been on the political science faculty there for 15 years, great. so they're uh, it's it, it's uh, it's 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 terrific. Great. And being a New Britain guy again, they were they were our. Uh, our local school. So,
0: so you grow up in New Britain, you go to UConn, um, you know, what was your first job or, you know, real vocation out of college?
1: yeah again I, I my first job was I worked at Safari golf of the Berlin Turnpike it, it, not out of college when I was in high school and it's cool that I, I get to drive to work every day and I have to get to drive past Safari golf so passing out after you you started your 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 quote-unquote career passing out golf balls at a miniature golf course it's all downhill from there but um mm-hmm. No, I. My first job was, um, and when I was in college, I I worked uh, during the summer as a reporter for the Hartford Current, and um, I I worked at a a, 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 a GED readiness uh, center in New Britain. But my first real job. was I worked in in town hall in Plainville? I worked for the town manager. Uh, I did my internship there for my graduate degree, and then I uh, stayed on for about two years afterwards, working with just a great, great group of uh, of people. And I learned so much about working um, um, in an office and how to how to interact with with people and, and everything. Um, I then uh, went to work at Charter Oak State College. Mm-hmm. I spent eight years at Charter Oak. I was the director of corporate and community development, uh, taught a couple classes there. Uh, then I went on to, um, I spent about eight years at Hospital for Special Care as their VP of uh, external relations, uh, doing government relations and marketing, PR, all those types of things. And then I. Um, Obviously, I've been here at uh, for Food Share for four years, and uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been merged with the Connecticut uh, with the Connecticut Food Bank. So, um, a kind of you know, a, again, I mean, all all important Connecticut institutions. And I think that's kind of where I were you know how I how I look at it.
0: Sure, and you know, and it brings up this this thought that I have that um, you know, should companies uh, you know the the connection to local politics right you know your career path has has been in that with public affairs and so forth you know how how important do you think it is for um, businesses to you know have that aspect to them you know being connected to um, local leaders and public affairs and so forth do you, you know what, what's the benefit of that well, look, it's 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 essential. I mean, it, it
1: really is being able to have um, being able to have a connection to, to those who are making laws and who are influencing um, public policy. Again, I'm completely biased. My background is in is in public policy. So obviously, I think that, you know, that's what makes the world go round. But um, it, it is it, it's something that, that's significant. And I've never been in a position or worked anywhere in which you in which I didn't ha- you didn't have that connection. Obviously, you know, working for the town of, of Plainville, we worked directly for a town council, which were elected officials. At, at Charter Oak, we were a state agency, uh, uh, constantly dealing with uh, with with state legislators. Um, at, as a lobbyist for eight years at Hospital for Special Care. Uh, whether I was down in Washington or, or up in Hartford, um, finding elected officials and finding champions for your cause is just, uh, is, is, is incredible. And then obviously here at the, at the food banks for the last four years, uh, there's such a a broad, a wide swath of support for what we do out there in the community. And, uh, it's just, it's, you know, it's an honor to be able to be a part of that and always to be able to find ways of, um, of bringing in additional uh, policymakers, you want to get it to the point where, when they have a question, the first thought is, "Oh, I should, I should call so, you know, I should call, you know, a, a food share. I should call Connecticut Food Bank. You know, this is this is where you want to go in order to be able to help them answer that question. And I think that's a um, that's a plus.
0: I mean, I think that's a that's a real plus. Shifting gears a little bit um, in your habits, um, are you an early morning person? Do you, what time do you get up?
1: Jeez, uh, geez, I don't know if I would say say early morning. I'm usually up by six o'clock every day. I mean, I, I have five kids that that um, three of which are are in high school, so it, uh, my my house tends to be a relatively early house on weekdays. But like today, you know, there was there was no school today. So, you know, I was the only one up by the time I left by the time I left the house. So my kids will either be up. They're either up by 630 or or they stay in bed until uh, until noon. Um, But yeah, I mean, I usually
0: get up around around 6, every day. Any kind of morning routine. There's these things where some people don't look at email till they've settled in or or Mark Cuban. Right. He takes an, an ice cold shower first thing in the morning to kind of reset.
1: Oh, I definitely don't take, I definitely don't take an ice cold shower. I could, I could tell you that. I, I do try to, to stay away from my, my, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you look at your phone to see if there's any, you know, red alert texts from your your media people saying, oh boy, you better turn on channel three right now. Um, but, but, uh, but by and large, you know, I, I try to, um, my morning routine, the things I have to do in the morning, I have to eat breakfast. I have to eat breakfast before I leave the house. I know there's a lot of people that, that don't, I don't understand that I, I, I have to, and uh, I have to read my newspaper, uh, mm-hmm. every, every morning I am old fashioned. I get the Hartford current delivered to me, uh, at, at home. Um, I want to sit there and like literally leaf through the, the physical paper while I'm, uh, uh while I'm eating my breakfast. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my morning routine. And then when I get to, by the, when I get to work, then I, uh, then I have my, my tea and, 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 uh, go through my email and kind of just, you know, figure out where the day is, where the day is going.
0: Okay. And and you do, you, you have quite a bit of responsibility. How do you, how do you keep centered or balanced? Do you have any things, you know, like meditation or working out or running any of those things to kind of even the playing field for you?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I do, I wouldn't say I do any of those things in, in particular. I definitely, my, my wife will be the first to tell you that I need to do more of the, the working out and in, 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 physical stuff. But um, in terms of, of meditation, I, I, you know, I have done guided meditations before. For me, it's just, I need to find some time every day to be able to do some sort of an activity in which I can focus on that unilaterally. For me, it's usually crossword puzzles. That is my, that is, is my, uh, is my respite every day. It's my way of like tuning everything else out and focusing on this one singular, um, thing. So I guess that's the, that's, that's, that's kind of how I, I, I center myself. Um, I also I love music I listen to I listen to music I listen to music constantly during the during the day um what kind that centers me what kind that that everything I'm all I'm all I'm all over the place I can listen to to, to uh, uh I can listen to to Chuck Berry and and uh, and Little Richard and at the same time be listening to you know and two minutes later be listening to Tupac um, so I'm all, I'm, I'm all over the place, you know, I, uh, you know, Tommy two-tone one minute and then, um, you know, uh, uh, Rex and effects the next minute. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of the eighties. And, uh, so I, I, I usually tend to gravitate to the eighties or nineties myself.
0: Sure, a little Wang Chung and flock of Seagulls. Seagull. Little Wang right?
1: Chung, there you go. You, you get a little little, 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 Wang Chung. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's that's how that's 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 how we roll.
0: There you go. So, as a leader, what what would you say your greatest challenge is?
1: Whew, the greatest challenge. I mean, you know, it it changes on a on a, on a daily basis. Um, but I would say that overall how do we how do I keep my my staff engaged how do I keep them focused on what the one common good is I mean everybody's a human being everybody has a personal life and a professional life Um, but how do I make sure that they continue to think about um, you know What's our what's our mission and, and and what are we doing today in order to fulfill that mission? Um, the really good thing about uh, Connecticut Food Bank and, and Food Share is that our our mission is, is is relatively simple. I mean, we are there to help people who are in need and and to help provide food to people who are in need during times of of uh, of, of need. Um, the fact that we were able to, what I do, whenever there's an issue here at work, whenever there's a, maybe a, a dispute between two managers or two employees or something, I always try bringing them back around to that. Hey, you know, let, let's let's focus on what's really important here. What's really important is making sure that we're getting food out to the people that need it, and uh, really kind of centering them uh, around that. It gets challenging because, again, we're humans and and life happens and people drift off into different areas and and, and start thinking about different things. But um, driving everybody back to the need and the fact that we're providing an essential service to the to the citizens of Connecticut, uh, I want people to be to be revolving around that.
0: If you had to answer it, what would you say your style of leadership is like? Is it empowering? Is it? Kind of guiding, or what? What would you say your style is? Yes to all of the. Yes to all of the above. No, I, I, I really do.
1: I think uh, I look at my my style more as is coaching uh, than than uh, than anything else. And I, I think that uh, I, I see myself as a as as a coach. Yes, I'm the leader of the team. Yes, I have to fill out the lineup card. Um, you know, sometimes I'm mad at my players. Sometimes I'm not happy with their performance. Sometimes I think they could do better. Um, sometimes I'm defending them against against the opposition at, at, at all costs. Sometimes I'm screaming at an umpire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, but no, I mean, I, I think that that's really what would. What, what I look for you know I had a boss once who told me that the key to leadership was hiring the right people for the right positions and then letting them do whatever it is that they do and I think that that's um, to me that's a big deal. Uh, I' I'm not, a, I'm not a micromanager I have no time effort I have, I have no time to, to, to be a micromanager. Um, I want to hire the right person for the job and I want to let them go
0: and, and, and do their thing. Yeah. Um, see, it's like, we've gone full circle. We're back to baseball.
1: Yeah. right. <laughs> I told you,
0: baseball is very important
1: in my, uh, in, 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 my family. It really baseball, is. baseball is a meta. It's a metaphor for life. I mean, it really is. And, and you know, the other thing, the other thing you can take out of baseball too, is that, you know, baseball is the longest season. Baseball is, is, is one of those sports you could lose 10 games in a row and still end up winning the world, the world series. Um, because there's so many different opportunities to be able to uh, to 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 pick yourself up, and I guess I look at it. Uh, uh, I, you know, I try to look at work and I try to look at life in that perspective as well. The the whole you know it's it's not a sprint; it's a marathon type of type of thing. Yeah, there are some times in which you end up in a rut. There are some times in which things aren't going great uh, at at work, but you know you're able to to bounce back and you're able to 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 turn that around. Maybe you lost, you know, maybe you just just lost two out of three to, to to the Red Sox, but maybe you come back by you know sweeping the Blue Jays and the uh, and the Orioles winning six in a row. Um, you know I, I, I think that that's a, that's an that's an important uh, perspective is that it's a long game. This is not a it's, it's not it's not
0: a it's not a short game, uh, unlike other sports. So you mentioned you mentioned a rut and um, so much of everything we do is is focused on success. Right. Um, but, yeah, you yeah. know, everybody's sort of afraid of the F word. Right. Failure. Um, and so this sometimes could be a, a, a tough question. But um, do you have a favorite failure of yours? And by that, I mean, uh, something you failed at you learned from and, and something you thought you were so sure about but it didn't quite work out and what was what was like the lesson from that oh yeah
1: look absolutely I I um, so you know I, I was the, the the New Britain kid I, I grew up in 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 New Britain I was this young prodigy that got elected to the City Council when I was 21 um, I was this young phenom that was destined to be to be mayor of uh, of New Britain and I I ran for for mayor in in uh, in 20, in 2005. And um, I, I actually lost by a couple hundred votes. I mean, I was, you know, nobody ever thought I was going to lose. I was guaranteed to win. I'm coming, everything is set up for this. But, um, you know, I was running against a, a, a popular incumbent and um, he had beat me by a, a couple hundred votes. Um, you know, I remember, you know, initially you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, you know, Everything that my life has led up to at this point is now just you know, just, just, completely uh, gone down the tubes and, and what am I going to do? Um, the great thing was there's so many people there to, 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 to pick me up. And now, you know, 16 years later, you look back in, in, in retrospect. I learned more from that experience, uh, and I am a better person from that uh, from that experience uh, than than I would have been had I uh, had I actually won that election. Um, it, I wouldn't be where I was today. I would have completely set me in a in a, in a different trajectory. So, um, so that's that's one thing. I mean, that that's one concrete example. The other one is, I mean, I, I have five kids, and when you have when you have kids whether it's one, five, 25, uh, you're going to fail all the time. And, and, uh, I think that, that having, having children has certainly humbled me. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I look back at, at, you know, the, 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 the arrogant kid that I was when I was a 21 year old councilman, just out of college. Um, I'm definitely much more I think um, down to earth uh, today uh, and I do think that uh, I, I give my uh, my wife and my kids all the credit in the world for um, you know for reminding me that I'm just just another guy uh, you know uh, that, that, that sometimes sometimes you do the right thing sometimes you don't I mean you just and you, you find a
0: way of, uh, of, of, of moving on. 2021 CEO of foodshare and Connecticut Food Bank it's a it's a big change from your previous um, lines of work but somehow have all kind of come together I'm, I'm curious how did you make that shift how, how did that all come together uh, being a part of food share
1: yeah you know it, it's one of those things I you know I wasn't looking for a job um, I had a great career at hospital for special care it was a, it was a, it was a great run. Um, we've done, a, we did a lot of great things, uh, uh, there and, um, you know, I remember one day my, my, my friend McKinley had called me and said, Hey, there's an opening at the, uh, uh at Foodshare, you know, for CEO, you should apply. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I, I don't even, I'm perfectly fine where I am. And she called me again a couple of days later, said, you need to apply. And I was like, ah, I'm not doing that. And then somebody else had called me and said, you need to apply. I'm like, fine, let me take a look at it. Um, you know, so I submitted an application and then, you know, the, 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 application process is like dating, you know, you go on a first date, you go on a second date, wait, now things are getting serious. And then you, then you end up getting engaged. Um, I wasn't looking to leave the, uh, the, the, the hospital, but, um, I, I absolutely fell in love with, uh, with food with the people and with the, uh, and with the mission. And when the opportunity came over these last uh, nine, 10 months to um, to merge with uh, Connecticut Food Bank and have one statewide uh, response to hunger, um, that was definitely something I we, we couldn't pass up. And I'm very grateful. I'm grateful to our board of directors for giving me the opportunity in the first place four years ago to come to Food Share, and very, very thankful to our board for um given us the opportunity to have, uh, to, to, to come together in, in, in one, uh, in one great organization. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, had you told me five years ago that I'd be the, the CEO of a food bank, I would have told you that you were crazy. I would have said, no, that's, that's just not, you know, that's just not where I'm going, but sometimes you take a chance on things. And I certainly took a risk by, by leaving a, a secure job, um, to take on this new challenge. One thing I've learned throughout all of those jobs though is that it, sometimes a subject matter doesn't, doesn't, uh, 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 doesn't matter. Sometimes what you're, the, the field that you're in doesn't matter. Leadership is leadership, and that can be applied across so many different uh, different fields. I've worked in local government, I've worked in higher education, I've worked in healthcare and I've worked in food banking. Um, those are not necessarily related. And I remember saying to the board of directors here at, at at FoodShare when I was interviewing for the job, if you are looking for a career food bank, not your guy, um, but if you're looking for somebody who has leadership
0: skills that can be applied to the food bank, um, that's that's what I can that, that's what I can do. So, very inspiring. Feeding people or solving hunger—it's um, it, a massive, massive challenge. Um, how do you do it? What what keeps you motivated and inspired?
1: I think about pe- I, I think about people. I think about th- that these are real people out there. I go out to Rensselaer Field where we have an emergency distribution and drive-through distribution. And I, you know, uh, in the early days of, of COVID, I went up to the roof of Rensselaer Field and looked down and just saw lines and lines of cars. Um, these are people that, uh, that 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 through no fault of their own have found themselves in a very difficult situation, and. I think about my grandfather growing up on, uh, on Broad Street there in, in in New Britain in poverty. Um, you know, these he is the type of person that we are out there that we are out there helping. The type of person that's just trying to do better for their for their family. The type of person that is that is just doing what they can in order to survive. So I, I, again, I, I I you know for me it's it's personal knowing that I had. A uh, knowing that, you know, my my that's how my grandparents you know came over here, knowing that that's, uh, uh, you know, when, when my grandfather, uh, when his union was on strike, you know, listening to the stories of my dad surviving on bologna sandwiches when my dad was on strike as a teacher in the in the late 1970s. Um, you know, it, it's 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 unfortunate, the position that people are in. That's what I go back to. I go back to the fact that all of us—I don't care who you are—all of us are probably about one paycheck away from uh, from needing a service like food share and Connecticut Food
0: Bank. That's all very true, and you know, I also read um, that the two organizations provide nearly 40 million meals throughout a network of 700 community-based hunger relief programs, which is incredible. So. Can you give us a breakdown of how FoodShare and Connecticut Food Bank works, especially on a local level and how you're tied together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, in in food banking is basically based on this theory that we can procure more food uh, together. And we it cost us less than to go into a grocery store and buy cans of food. If somebody were to donate a dollar to a food bank, uh, or I'll be like, if somebody were to take a dollar and go into a into a grocery store, they could buy one can of soup. If they were to take a dollar and donate it to a food bank, we could buy 20 cans of soup because of our purchasing power, because of how, how much we are we are purchasing. So every dollar donated to a food bank delivers 2.5 meals to the, to the community. So we collect food, we get food here. uh, Food is donated. We also sometimes will purchase food at wholesale prices and then we will, um, deliver it out to uh, the 700 different partner agencies. Uh, we have mobile food share sites that, uh, that are, we have about a hundred of them that are out all over the state of Connecticut that give out food directly. And now we have, um, Four emergency COVID drive-through distribution sites, in which we're giving out. Um, we've given out more than eight million pounds of food at those uh, at those sites since the beginning of, of COVID. So, um, it's a difficult. Uh, it, it's 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 definitely a difficult problem. Food insecurity has increased about 32 percent here in Connecticut since the beginning of the pandemic, and there's about 545,000 people who are food insecure. The premise of what we do is that, you know, for there to be half a million people who are food insecure in the year 2021 in the richest state in the country, um, we that is completely unacceptable. Uh, we have a, a moral and a societal obligation to uh, to combat hunger in our community, and um, that's that's what we're here to do. I mean, that's our that's our job. That's how we roll.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say the pandemic has certainly been challenging for everyone, right? In almost every kind of business, but when it comes to to, to going hungry, I mean. And your mission um, for Food Share in Connecticut Food Bank—I mean, we've seen the news footage, right, of the the long lines at Rensselaer Field, or yeah. the stories about you know more people being unemployed and needing help, needing help uh, now more so than ever. I don't think anybody was prepared for this, but uh, you know, how, how did you either pivot or or what did you do to take this challenge on?
1: We definitely weren't prepared for it, Derek. I could I could I could tell you that. Okay. and and it seemed in March of last year. It was almost as if we were reinventing what we were doing on a, on a weekly basis to try to adapt to uh, to try to adapt to things. Things, uh, you know, typically we like to allow our, our clients and our customers to be able to choose their own food. That went out the window the minute that COVID started because you can't have everybody touching, touching uh, uh, everybody else's food. Um We had to go to a drive-through distribution so that people didn't have to leave their cars so it would be touchless. Uh, We had to to have PPE for for volunteers. The number of volunteers that we had plummeted um, because most of them, usually on a typical day, we could fit uh, 30 volunteers at one time in our warehouse. That number went down to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because of, of social distancing measures, we literally, uh, um, and again, I don't say that this isn't just, this doesn't just go for food share in Connecticut food bank, but for the entire food banking industry, we literally had to reinvent our whole industry overnight. Um, and it, and it wasn't easy but um, we also knew that we had an obligation to helping people out there in the community. The stories that we would hear at places like Rentschler Field were just, were just gut-wrenching, and they were almost always the same. It was, it was somebody had, you know, would, would tell you, you know, I was gainfully employed. I had a, a five- or six-figure-a-year job. I've got children, uh, I've got senior uh, citizen parents and now due to no fault of my own, the rug was pulled out from under me. I don't have a job and I need, I need to find a place to, or I need to find the means by which to, uh, to, to, to eat, or I'm trying to choose between what do I do? Do I pay my mortgage or do I pay my rent or do I pay electricity? Do I pay for medication or do I pay for food? Um, it, you know, those are the difficult choices that people have been thrown into as a part of this uh, this pandemic. Another thing that we hear often: um, "Hey, you know, I, I, I've donated to you guys for a long time. I never thought I would need your your services." That's um, scary. I mean, it's as as a father, as, as, as a husband. I mean, it's scary for for me. Um, but at the same time, I'm 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 happy to know that you know there is
0: a service like ours out there in order to in order to help people. Yeah, no, and again, you know, applaud you for all the great work you you folks are doing. Um, if if people want to, or if a person or a company out there wants to help out, how can they support uh, food share and Connecticut Food Bank? Absolutely. If you want to volunteer
1: or if you want to make a monetary donation, you could go to foodshare.org or ctfoodbank.org. Uh, like I said, make a donation or you can sign up to, uh, to, to, to volunteer. We could, we could always, always use additional help.
0: I asked the question about how did you shift gears at, at the beginning of the pandemic or during it um, and you gave some good insight there but either during that before that after that what, what exciting um, new innovations are you working on um, at food sharing Connecticut food bank
1: well, I, I would say that this, uh, th- this merger is quite the, uh, the, the, new, uh, the, the, the the new thing for us. Um, this has definitely been taking up a lot of our time. But in addition to that, I think one of the things that we've seen is, is we don't see ourselves as just an old school food bank that collects edible products and, and distributes edible products. We see ourselves as an anti-poverty organization, as an anti-hunger organization. How do we help people break that cycle of poverty? So one of the things that we've done is we have hunger action teams that go into different communities. We have SNAP outreach. We help people navigate that uh, that that federal SNAP process. And the thing I'm one of the things I'm the most proud of is uh, right before the pandemic, uh, about six months before the pandemic uh, began, we created the Institute for Hunger Research and Solutions. It's an institute he- based here, uh, out of FoodShare in Connecticut Food Bank, uh, led by Dr. Katie Martin. And uh, who's a nationally uh, recognized researcher, and uh, her job is to is to collect data and to provide best practices to pantries and to other food banks around the country. We now have a presence in twelve different states. Um, that's not something that you see food banks typically uh, typically do. But uh, investing in that, you know, obviously addressing the issue now is important, but figuring out how we solve this 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 problem in the long term is is important as well
0: okay and i've got to ask too how how are you building resilience during these challenging times not only as a business leader to keep your staff motivated and 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 keep going but also personally it's a good question and i wish i had a flashy
1: answer like i run 15 miles a day or, or something like that but um I, again, I try to stay grounded, I try to stay focused. Uh, my family focus, my family grounds me. Um, my wife, my, my, my five children, uh, my parents, my brother, my in-laws. Um, I try to, to remind myself that I am human and that I, I can't do it uh, that I can't do it all, that we collectively can't do it all. Um, but, uh, for me being able to spend that time, uh, with my, with my family is, is that that is my anchor. That is what, uh, that's what keeps me sane. Keeps it grounded.
0: It do, It definitely, definitely keeps me, keeps me grounded.
1: Yes. A hundred, a hundred percent.
0: Doing a little digging out there. I also read that you had a goal or have a goal to write a novel. Are we talking a mystery, nonfiction, <laughs> autobiography? What, what do you, what do you, what's your goal? I don't to know what write? you're
1: looking at there, but yeah, no, that's always been one of the things I've, I've always enjoyed writing. I like to, I, I, I love to, to, to write. Um, I haven't done as much as, as I, I would have liked over these last nine months between the pandemic and and the merger, but, um, yeah, I'd love to write a novel someday. I'd love to be able to publish a novel and, 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 um, I don't know about anything in, 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 about what in particular, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always dabbled with that type of, with that type of thing. I'm, um. Definitely a nostalgic writer, you know, and I, I, I uh, you know, maybe something about, uh, 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 you know, growing up in New England in the 80s and 90s or something like that. But I uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely one of my life's goals. Uh, I would love to, to publish an album, but I love I love to write.
0: Good, good goal to have. And, and speaking of books, um, is, is there a book you've read that has made an impact on you and one that everyone should read? Oof, one you're gonna ask me one singular book uh, wow, so we can, we can name a couple.
1: That's I, I mean, you know, if you, you know, books like like The Catcher in the Rye, uh, 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 Stephen King's The Body uh, uh, or Stephen King's Different Seasons. Um, those are those are all, uh, you know, I mean, those are probably two of my absolute favorite books. Um, uh, Little Children by 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 Tom Parada. Um, you know, I mean, those are the ones that I like to read for fun in terms of inspiration. um you know, I, I have I have found uh, uh, you know there's there's so many out there. Uh, right now, I'm reading uh, part one of Barack Obama's autobiography. Um, Joe Torre's "Ground Rules for Winners" is mm. is one that I read right before I started the job at at, at, at Food Share. Joe Tory's one of my heroes. Um, the uh, uh, luckiest man about a book, uh, a, a biography of Lou Gehrig. Um, you know, I'd say when I was when I when I was down in the years at, in the year after I lost that election. Um, I think there that was really one of the um, that was probably the first book I read after that election and, and you know you find a lot of inspiration in a guy like Lou Gehrig and how he was able to uh, to um, not overcome but how he was able to, to cope with and deal with what he was uh, with, with what he was was dealing with So those are those would be some of some of the books but I, I love I love to read. Great! No. I'm always reading something new. I loved, I like to read fiction more than nonfiction. And people always say, "Wait, you're you're a political scientist. You know, you do you you teach politics," and, and I I feel like you know that's that's like my 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 day job. I, I you know, when I read,
0: I want to read to to escape. Sure. No, that's that's a good thing to do too. And if you could give yourself, if you could give your 25 year old self some advice, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself? lighten up absolutely 100% i would tell them to 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 to
1: to have more fun to lighten up that 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 life isn't so serious that um you know in in, in enjoy your friends enjoy your family um it it's you know you're just one very very small piece of a, of a very large uh, of a very large machine in this world and that um don't take
0: yourself so seriously that's good advice. And how about advice for aspiring leaders? And and any kind of advice would it be lighten up or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some of it might be. maybe it might be lighten up or don't take yourself so seriously. No, for aspiring leaders, um, have mentors. Mm. Have 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 people that you that you look up to. I mean, I look. At, I've been very blessed that I've got you know five people that in, in my life that I look at as, as professional mentors. Uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Joe Harper, Don DeFranzo uh, Harry Hartley, David Crandall, and of course my father. Uh, uh, you know, along with my father-in-law and many others who were just just terrific uh, business people and terrific professionals. It's great to have th- those 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 people are, around you, but it's also important to be able to have that 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 difference between your your personal life and your professional life. And I always say, as as much as you know, my dad as a leader may have have impacted who I, um, you know, who I am as a professional. Um, my mom, uh, my wife, and my children have absolutely had as, as much of an impact uh, as as well. But um, but I do sit here, it, it, being able to to sit there at times and being able to say, um, "Hey, what would so and so
0: do in this situation?" I've really found that helpful. Yeah, no, and mentorship is so important and people you can turn to because we all don't have the answers, right? And it's nice to be surrounded by people that, that can help you. Um, yep, absolutely. So with, with that all said, any final words or anything uh, you'd like to say to, to the listeners out there?
1: No, look, I mean it's 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 been an interesting journey so far. It'll continue to be a journey. And I think that's the important thing for people to remember is that your 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 not only your professional development, but your life as, as a whole is a journey. And there's there's twists and there's turns. And there's things that you never thought that you would you would be. I mean, you know, uh, I never thought, you know, when I was when I was five, you know, I I never thought I'd be anything other than an ice cream man. You know, when I was when I was 15, I thought I would be I I thought I'd be a lawyer. When I was 25, I thought I'd be mayor. When I was 35, I don't know what I thought I'd be doing. But, you know, now I'm I'm, I'm closing in on 45 and, and here I am in a great job for a great organization. I wake up every day and love what I do. Um, and I know even on my worst days here at work, uh, I'm walking out of here having made a positive impact on people's lives. Um, you know, it's been, it's been great. Uh, it's been great
0: so far and, uh, you know, we're looking to just, uh, just keep things going. Excellent. Well, listen. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to connect with you. And if people want to follow you, uh, they could find you on your social links. So you're out there on Twitter, Facebook. What's the best? Absolutely.
1: Place? I'm on on Twitter at Jay Jakobowski. I'm on Instagram at. I think Jay Jackabowski won, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm out there,
0: I'm out there. And of course, be sure to visit foodshare.org and ctfoodbank.org to learn more about all the great work you're doing and how people like me and those listening can help. So be sure to check it out. Jason, thanks so much for being on. All right, Derek, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. There we have it. That's Jason Jackabowski, the CEO of FoodShare and Connecticut Food Bank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts by hitting that subscribe button. You'll be notified of new episodes as soon as they are released. And believe me, you don't wanna miss out. Upfront is brought to you by Mason, an integrated brand communications firm located in Southern Connecticut that provides communications ingenuity through advertising, public relations, social media, digital, and media services. To learn more, visit mason23.com. And if you'd like to get in touch, send us an email, hello at mason23.com. And while you're out there, you can also follow me online at Derek Beer on Twitter and LinkedIn. This episode was produced, researched, engineered, and designed with help from Jackie Lightsey, Eliza Gladwin, Neil Johnson, and TJ Tower. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again next month. Take care.